Thank you for listening to the Starburns Audio Podcast Network. We have so many great comedy shows to add to your playlist. Just last week on Starburns Audio, on New Player Has Joined, Keith and Jesse talked to Dr. Christopher Hale about getting involved with the Sister District Project. They also discuss fascism and gaming and Echo the Dolphin. On The Boogie Monster, Dave Stone and Kyle Kinane talk about exploration and treasure hunting, the protests, and redefining policing. On Office Hours Live, Tim Heidecker, DJ Doug Pound, and Vic Berger are joined by Thundercat and Z from Black Socialists in America. Listen to this episode to find out how you can help Office Hours raise funds for the Black Lives Matter Global Fund. Search Starburns Audio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcast platform for a full list of our shows. Featuring hosts like Monet Exchange, Bob the Drag Queen, and Amanda Seals. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Starburns Audio. Enjoy the show. And remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and keep laughing. Till the tears run down from my eyes, Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me? Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Uh, Hey, everybody. It's Steve Agee. You may remember me from a podcast a year or so ago called Steve Agee Uh... That I completely gave up on. Well, it's back. And um, obviously you know that because you're listening to it right now. And uh, part of the reason for that being is the good folk here at Feral Audio. uh, More specifically, Dustin. And um, yeah, they offered a place for me to put up the old episodes that I'd done. Which uh, we'll probably slowly be bringing them back as bonus episodes or something. And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, let's do that. And then I started thinking, well, shit, I have a place to put it now, so I might as well just do new episodes. So that's how we have uh, um, being back. And I'm really excited um, because we have good equipment here <laughs> at, at Feral. And um, I'm happy to be here with people like Brody and Allie and Georgia and Esther and everybody so, um, yeah, that's really basically the story of how it came back. I uh, was just lazy, and I didn't want to do a bunch of podcasts myself that I was paying. <laughs> Part of it is I didn't want to pay for them myself. And so, uh, you know, when Dustin gave me the opportunity to, you know, host them, I was like, yeah, this is a great idea. Also, uh, I was really hesitant in the fact that there's so many podcasts and uh, and so many podcasts from my friends within my group of friends, my comedian friends. So, you know, like, pa, you know, Paul F. Tompkins or Patton or Kamel Nanjiani or Pete Holmes. You know, you've, we've heard them on other podcasts. Granted, they're always great. But I was like, oh, you know, I, I'm really scared because I don't want to, you know, rehash shit that's already been out there. So, um that's part of the reason why we have my first guest today, uh, Juliette Lewis, 
who uh, I only met like a year ago, and we really hit it off. She's super cool. She's awesome. I've been a fan of hers and her movies for a long time. And I was like, oh, my God, this will be great. I can get Juliet to be my first guest, someone who hasn't done a podcast before. She's never done a podcast. Um, so I think it works out perfect for everyone. And hopefully I know <laughs> enough people <laughs> or can reach out to enough people on Twitter that I can, you know, also mix in some guests now and then who you haven't heard before. And, um, yeah, just listen to me be a, a douche, not a douche, a fucking goofball, uh, with my friends. And, um, that's it. So I don't want to do a long rant that people, you know, are going to want to fast forward through. So this is just an explanation of why I'm here, how I got back here. And, um, so pay attention, and I hope you like the first episode with Juliette Lewis. What, should I turn my phone off? It should just anyway. I think it's rude that you would even have to ask that question. Yeah, you're so right. Why do I need it on? That's Be professional. Stupid. All right. It's How long have you been in the business? Show business. Like, what was your first acting gig? I love show business, right? <laughs> <laughs> the business. Um, the business of show. <laughs> the this got official really fast, really hard. No, I, there was it's still no, conversational. Wait, are we having a conversation? No, this was in no regards to the phone and you being unprofessional oh and not God, turning it off. I was like, holy shit, is this the launch into <laughs> the interview? We didn't even have an advertiser. What? Okay, so, oh, yeah, so my first professional job was when I was 13 and it was a mini series for Showtime. Um, that's it. Oh, uh, with Max Perlick. Do you know him? I know that name. Really? It's your favorite, it's favorite engineer, actor. Dustin, producer Dustin's favorite actor. Yeah. Why, why do I know the name? He's done a lot of. Other than the show that you did. The he's movie. done a lot of strange indie movies. And he. I just knew he was a skateboarder. He was probably the first. No, not the first skateboarder I knew. Actually, I knew one in junior high. That's how popular skateboarding was back then. <laughs> I knew one, no, no two skateboarding was kids. really popular. No, I know, but I mean, it wasn't. It, it was still subculture. Yeah, you know, you're right. Did you I marry just, a skateboarder? Yes, I did. <laughs> a professional skateboarder. Yes, a professional. So your skateboarding roots go way back. I get not really. That was my point. Do you Steve. skate at all? No. My point was I didn't know any skateboarders. I hung with some other weird kids. shady types. Totally shady. I think I was into the 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 criminal element early on in life. It, like the dark trend. side. I don't know. I was like before I knew how to put it in drama and find it in film, I was would try to get it into my life. Like yeah, where you're that's normal. That's walking called being the line. A that's called being a teenager. Not everyone chases, runs toward that's the edge. That's true. I did. I was. I mean, I got kicked out of two high schools and got sent to military school. Oh my God! See, my first two boyfriends. I don't know why I went. Uh, oh up here that's great i got really excited oh my god no, but is it, no wonder we're friends my first two boyfriends military school was a real popular they went to military school yes do you know which ones um oh Valley carlsbad uh -oh. one guy he i dated this, this guy from pacific palisades and he <laughs> he heartbroken 
Uh, why are you laughing? He broke your heart or you broke? You seem no, like No, he a left. I oh, did yeah. break his heart because I didn't wait for him at 12. Uh, at 12 from the... It's uh, amazing you were even dating at 12. No, I know. I, <laughs> I was, just started dating like a year ago. He, <laughs> I know. Why did I say 12? <laughs> I should have said 13. Yeah, maybe... I, no, I turned 13. You're from a progressive <laughs> family? Yes, I am. By the way, and I didn't know this until recently. Is this the interview? This is it's a, Are we we're just cut bullshitting. Anything out? Just by the way, this is my first podcast back. Like this is my comeback podcast. Woo! They don't call it a comeback. Q fucking what's this? Cool J. J. No, I uh, knock you out right now. I uh, I yes. did like fifty episodes of a podcast and kind of just got tired of paying for it myself. And then Dustin here was like, "We'll host your podcast." Yes, Steve, get it together. Like, yeah, this- uh, but I was like. One of the reasons I stopped podcasting was because everybody I oh. know, except you, has a podcast. Right. And like in the comedy community, like we all know each other. So it's like, oh, yeah, I could get Pete Holmes or Paul F. Tompkins on my podcast, but he's been on everybody mm. else's podcast. And I was like, I don't have a gimmick. So it's like, I'm like, why am I competing with all the other podcasts? So when I agreed to start doing it again, I was like, I got to have a good first guest. Shit. And you were the first person I thought of. No pressure. I bet Because you haven't done podcasts. Never. This is, I don't want to use the freaking virgin, anyway, virgin territory. Let's say that. Your first timer. Yeah. Okay. So what I was going to say is this is just like you, Steve, because didn't you like quit? Uh, you can't see my air quotes at home, people. Didn't you quit Twitter for a minute? <laughs> After a million followers, like, who does that? I just did a podcast before you got here in the same room with Esther. Esther has little Esther. Yes, has a podcast. I love, I like her a lot. Oh, just from Twitter. I, I just know. did her okay. podcast and we talked about me quitting Twitter, but yeah. I, people seethe with envy when they hear that people. A million me, followers. Me. <laughs> yeah, like, who does it? This is the same story. I don't How know. How many like, followers do you have? Um, wait a hundred and. You have over a hundred. Wait, ninety. Oh, here it is. Yeah, I'm aiming. We're almost to two hundred thousand. So I'm like at a hundred and ninety-five. Now here's the thing: uh, why people count. This isn't just like to walk around with a badge on my T-shirt. I'm at this point of pride. Yeah. Followers. It literally is um, so that in the future, when I make music and I have yeah. shows, and yeah. that's your army. And Twitter's as an artist ideal today, for yeah, entertainers, yeah. Artists. Artists. I mean, is that a bad word, artists? People no. consider only if you do fine art, but no, I no, any kind of art. creativity. Wackadoo. Creative. <laughs> Wackaduity is my favorite art form. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, it was, but it, I was, I had like a million followers yeah. under like false pretense. A lot of people, I was on a list where people would automatically be following me when they signed up. Like they really? were just what like, is it? how do I get on this? I don't list? think that how list exists work? anymore. Now it's just recommended followers. Yes. But so it was like a lot of people who didn't know who I was mm. were following me. So I kind of just cleaned house and now, you know, I've got 55,000 followers or whatever, but right. it feels legitimate. Like you earned it. Yeah. They're nice followers. Like, and I'm sure with yours, like you have like almost 200,000 followers. It, it wasn't like no, I, people who are like, who the fuck is this? And why am I following her? Yeah, I think some people follow me because they've learned that I'm, you know, slightly entertaining or a little bit wacky. 
Should I say wacky? Now I'm going to self-edit. Stop it. Get out of your it's head. It's all right. Okay. It's normal. Right. Oh, it is. It yeah, is. everyone does. I Do they const- do that on podcasts? Everybody does. A- anybody who is in their entertainment, like, self-edits and... Uh, I, I constantly second guess myself. Yeah, I think it's in interviewing mediums. Anyway, okay. So what were we saying? I forgot. Um, just Twitter and and how it helps you. Oh yeah, I started with thirty thousand followers, and I feel like here's what's amazing. Um, just about that medium, and well, for me, I'm an independent musician. A lot of people don't know this, but I'm independent, so I don't have like this machine. Uh, you know, with big PR campaigns and stuff like that. Now, granted, I have, uh, different opportunities because I came from film, but I also am judged 10 times harder. Way more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, which I think is hilarious. I always say, I'm always, that's when I get all cocky. I'm like, that means I have to be 10 times better. Woo. Rock and roll. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. The caffeine's only, kicking in. <laughs> yeah. Green tea. I've seen you perform a couple times. You're like, you have, the best stage presence. You are such a good, Thank and maybe that comes also from you being an actress and a performer. You're a performer. It's, I'm a performer because people say that and they do not translate that medium. Like because acting in film is so insular and cerebral and and detailed and it's very isolating. Mm-hmm. Performing is a different animal to me. I, live I, performing. Yeah, live performing to it's me instant. is instant. Is it's instant, but it's also spiritual. I don't want to get all loose. Uh, everyone's like, click. No, I just <laughs> click like we're on a phone. They can click off if they want. Yeah. I don't give a shit. No, here's it. I'll get all metaphysical alchemy. I like in live performance because you're moving energy. You're taking energy of the room. You're taking stone people, uh, angry people, <laughs> fucked up people. Stoned angry people. Yeah, you're taking <laughs> bored people. You're taking all kinds, and you're changing that that energy into, hopefully, what I like to change them into is some wild uh, hooligans, and we all let ourselves yeah, go. flip over some police cars after yeah, the show. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> I've had a few fights. <laughs> no, there's been so many things at shows, but anyway... What's the most no, fucked up fight, thing that's but, happened at one of your shows? Uh, well, a couple times the cops came. Like in San Diego, we played this club. Again, I really wish I would, could match the club to the city. Oh, Was Casbah. It Casbah? Yeah. yeah, thank you. Er, in the early days, first of all, I've been doing this nine years now. I haven't been on tour in a couple years. I miss it. But um, um, so like eight years ago, my one of my first shows. We had a couple fights that all so in chick fights, and, and yeah. it usually be people up front trying to stake out their yeah, territory. Like I got here first, yeah. no, I'm here. Yeah. And these girls totally started brawling, and I guess it was bad enough. While you were playing, did you have to stop? Um, say, yeah, I usually ladies. stop. Yeah, I'll stop if there's fight. No, but this was even before. The, no, it went into the show. I don't know, but the cops came. That happened twice. Um, another thing is people, the gifts people give me or. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing about music, which I love. Again, I'm not quarantined in a freaking palace of a bus with 50 or three bodyguards. I don't have a bodyguard. Yeah. I have my tour manager. He acts as a pit bull. He's pretty awesome. Yeah. But so I'm very, um, you know, I, I'm just very loving. Like, I really like the connection that music gives you yeah. uh, to people. But with that said, 
that's not always a good thing because then there's no wall barring me from certain um, types of people. Yeah. There's been a few few uh, sketchy incidents, um, but uh, one one girl uh, in Eugene, Oregon. Is, I do remember certain places because they sometimes they have a weird vibe. Yeah. Okay, Eugene, Oregon. I think there's a lot of meth in the, uh, over a there. A lot of meth. Okay. They made a whole movie about it called Spun. <laughs> Oh, hello. Well, you can feel that. Yeah. You can feel what's going down. I'm like really sensitive to energy. Anyway, so this, <laughs> you can feel, you're like, yeah, okay, but okay, there's just math there. <laughs> yeah, but I am. Okay, yeah. so, but I show there, I'm like, woo, something's in the air. But this girl, she's like, hey, Juliet. She stops me outside the bus. She's like, I made you a present. And they were big old feathered. Uh, earrings like hey I like cool, yeah. those are great she goes yeah I made them for my rooster in my backyard <laughs> and they have like the cartilage oh, on them like she, this wasn't a feather she found on there the were ground flies on them there and- was straight up voodoo gifts, uh, <laughs> uh, so I don't know it was a nice sentiment did you wear them I did. <laughs> I did at one point. You weren't grossed out enough not to wear them. I was grossed out, and then I was like, hey, if, you know, some Native Americans do Dip it. them in Well, I just went to Portland, and the necklace jewelry ma- maker, they wrote a nice note, and then they gave me part of a deer jawbone. It's like, ah, I don't really need that on a necklace. <laughs> thank you. Where, where did we meet? Yeah. Um, oh, we was met. That no, no, we met at a uh, a benefit concert in at the Hilton Beverly Hills. It was Linda Perry's was doing a benefit, and Sarah performed, and I went with Sarah. Yeah, I think that's where we met. So yeah. I was friends with your sister and your brother-in-law, and Ethan. Ethan. I know we had friends of friends, but that was the first time we officially met, and you took. A couple pictures backstage, and they were good. They're, I just remember, I'm like, yay, good picture taker. You're one of those people that has to have photo approval. When, no, I like, don't let know. Let me see it. Let me see the Maybe photo. Maybe now. And the, okay, here's the thing. Because I went so long without vanity issues, and there's just yeah. some horrendous pictures of me online. Now I'm like, hey, wait a second. Maybe I should like give a shit about what I look like. No. <laughs> I, I was looking, because I was doing research, even though I know you, but I was doing research, and I was uh, looking on IMDb, amazing photos of you with cornrows. Yeah. That's amazing. Wait, before we get into that, be, on IMDb, there is a picture on there. When I was walking from my tour bus, having just woken up at 10 a.m. <laughs> into the fucking venue, literally, if you rolled out of bed, it was in Germany... And there's 20 photographers, and I didn't have enough sense to blind, yeah. you know, have a freaking veil on. Yeah. That's the dog shit photo <laughs> you see of the messy. So if you see and you're like, what is her problem? Okay, I just rolled out of bed. I was yeah. on tour and All I right. went into the venue. Calm I hadn't down. even brushed my teeth. Calm down. All right. Um, what happened? It, cornrows at the Oscars. What years? Oh, that was the Oscars. Yeah. What year was that? 91. And what were you there for? I think I was 19. I was really young. Um, I got nominated for Cape Fear. Yeah, that movie is so goddamn good. Thank you. Was it fun or was it really exhausting? All the stuff, all that showbiz stuff 
did my head in. So that's not what I classified as fun. fun. That was a what? job that I had to learn how to do. And again, mm. because I have a cowboy of a father who's kind of a renegade. Um, I want to talk about your father. Yeah, too. and he's a character actor yeah. and he doesn't have, you know, I wasn't raised, even though I grew up here, I was not raised as a Hollywood child. Yeah. And um, so I, my long preamble is I wasn't groomed for this business as far as like stylist, publicist, and knowing what to expect. Mm -hmm. So even when I go to a place like that and you run a gauntlet and you're supposed to give interviews like a politician for, you know, um, this long yeah. stretch, 30 interviews at 19, I don't know how to, I had to just wing it. Okay, so why did you wear cornrows? That was my no, but statement. that was the 90s, too. Like, I don't think anybody... Let's not take away my weirdness, Steve. That's true. You're really I don't weird. think anybody... Th this Why I wore those braids, that's my black roots right there. I like to call them gangster yeah, braids. Yeah. And um, I had a friend... When I was a teenager, <clears throat> I had a friend do my hair like that and... I don't know. It made me feel royal. Royal? Is that really? Regal? Regal. Well, I meant to say regal, but could you do royal? Just, Whatever. interchangeable. It made me feel strong <laughs> and bold and um, I don't know. And I didn't, I, I don't know why. You wanted to do, all that matters is you wanted to do it. Here's the thing. It. I didn't have, I don't have a lot of pre-meditation. A lot of my rebellion is, comes from a place of innocence. Yeah. And impulse yep. and. Yeah, I don't know. So that was fun. Who were you up against? Um, well, I know who, who won. Who won? Mercedes Rule for the Fisher King. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, um, oh, my God. No, if I told you that time, though, but she should have won. I'm this young upstart who did, doesn't know how well, to good. run the game. Here's yeah. what I, I want to explain to you how bad I was at, at running for uh, running for office. No, uh, it's, it is like campaigning, but sure, yeah. how bad I was at interviews. Cause I was, I couldn't deal with the attention. It was overwhelming. So I got <laughs> asked questions. Dig this. Yeah. You, you're going to laugh. Cause it, I thought about it a, f um, a few years ago when I had to d d do all these interviews again, Anyway, um, for this movie Conviction, uh, but I, an interview said, gosh, Juliet, you're 19 years old. What it does it feel like? It must feel incredible. You're one of the youngest people. There wasn't that many young people at the time who'd been um, nominated. Uh, how does it feel? I said, well, it doesn't change the fact that people are still getting raped and murdered. <laughs> <laughs> You're being political. To take the mic <laughs> away from a 19-year-old, even though that's a true statement. It is true. But it was very Fiona Apple. That's yeah. why I related to what she said way back when. And I, I just know, saw yeah. her uh, in concert last week. Oh, I missed her in Portland. So what? So how is good. it? So good. So good. What's her? What uh, material is she doing? Like what? She has a set? new album out. That yeah, is. I know. And I, I, I think she maybe only did four songs off the new album. The rest was all just, you know, popular wow. shit that everyone loved. Wow, it was really? So good, yeah. No, she's it's, still touring. She's got more dates. It's a person like that. It's just it, it's there's only a few, a handful today that are our Bob Dylans of this generation yeah. or of that. I mean, 
you could say other songwriters, but of that caliber, I just think Fiona Apple is pretty. She's a poet. She's rad. Yeah, or uh, Leonard Cohen or something. Yeah, yeah she's pretty special. Or uh, Axl Rose. <laughs> what? <the> <laughs> 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 um, Did we cover anything that made any sense? No, that's good though. I I I prefer not to. You're okay. So your father. Which I didn't know for until maybe last uh, a year ago. Yeah, was Jeffrey Lewis. Jeffrey Lewis, who was I? I grew up. I love Clint Eastwood and every which way you can, every, every which way but Lewis. loose, any which way you can. Yeah, he's he's the side. He's he's the sidekick. He's, he's the second banana. Him yeah, and the, uh, he's so good. He was so great. Oh, that's nice. And I met him at your sister's house. Uh, oh, that's right. I think one of the last times I saw you, and uh, I was—I could barely hide how excited I was to meet <laughs> your father. That's he's nice. He's awesome, yeah. And yeah. he's legitimately—he's friends with uh, Clint Eastwood, right? Friendly. I mean, he's my dad's an older guy, and they—they they yeah. worked a lot together. They worked a lot together. I, they did more than a handful of movies. High Plains Drifter. Yeah, this is legendary one. He was the bad guy. But my dad sort of taught me everything I know about this business. And when I say that, he, he I mean by example, just by being around. Because my dad, like a lot of dads, he's not like a verbal sit down. This is what you need to know. Of course. Just by being in the environment. I was on movie sets when I was young and stuff. And I just learned that it was a really colorful profession with a lot of interesting people. Long days can be incredibly boring. You know, I like yeah. knew the real thing of the work, the working of uh, 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 the work ethic and stuff of actor life, and that you don't always get the glory and there's highs and lows in a career. Yeah. He, so, yeah, uh, yeah, that was that's my dad, and he did everything. No job was like. Uh, beneath him he That's did awesome uh, Laverne and Shirley cowboy movies Laverne comedies dr That's... dramas yeah Ugh. he did it all so that I, I, and it's longevity so he yeah. taught me that is like the, the, you're aiming for this just a span if that's what Slow you want to do wins the race yeah wanna, yeah <clears throat> all those things I'm a fan of your father I'm a fan of yours too thanks um, what do you do in your Free time. time. I can't believe this is a serious interview. Well, no. No, that's not bad. Uh, sorry. Anytime I text you, <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm in London. Or, you uh, know, you were, I mean, you were working in Toronto for a while, but then you're like, I'm moving, I'm moving to London. I miss me, I'm my leaving old Toronto self. and I'm moving to London. Yes. Ugh, I miss that. Well, here's what happened. I was on the road for the better part of seven years with my young rock band. When I, my young rock band? What? Yeah, it's a young rock band. Yeah. So I turned 30 and I was like, holy shit. Wow. Remember you wanted to be a singer and a songwriter? What are you doing? Yeah. So I, I gave everything to that and I'll still uh, put out another record. It's just now I'm trying to do both. So my point is I got off the road and now it's in my blood. I can't. Well, actually, it was always like that. I always moved. Yeah. But yeah, now I just have to travel. I've seen so much of the world or not seen it, but been there. You like you like travel. I just you love like it. Living in hotels. I hate living in hotels. I just love the unfamiliar. I love 
I love meeting new people. I love new spaces. Mm -hmm. But don't get me wrong. I'm a split. What am I? I'm Gemini and a Cancer. I don't know. <laughs> that, I don't know if that means anything. The point is, I I do like my comforts. Yeah. But yeah, I like you know the the whole thing too is getting older. I I feel like time is much more valuable. So I never mm. want to just sit still. Now this month, this month, I'm learning how to sit still. <laughs> Yeah. Or live day to day a little bit better. So you so, permanently in LA now? I am. I think even when I left, uh, I've been uh, uh, traveling so much. I I do like California. Yeah. I consider it my home. Except I thought about today when it's a hundred. Yeah. Five. Now I want to be like in the tropics. I think I'll eventually I'll get a place in Mexico though. I'm kind of in love with, with I, Mexico. I can't. You hate Mexico. I once got. Um, I should say Cabo San Lucas. I got threatened is, at gunpoint in Mexico. Oh shit! Like, you had one of those experiences. Yeah, I was forced onto my knees and like had like eight guys with machine guns like put the gun barrels up against my head and they were screaming at me in Spanish. I couldn't, which I didn't understand, but they were all just like yelling at me and my friend. I thought, and my friend was with with me too. We were we were down there to go surfing and we were just lighting off fireworks one day and these guys came out of nowhere and like screaming at oh us and God. the second they told us to get on our knees i was like oh fuck we're gonna be executed execution time. and my friend i looked over at my friend while they were screaming at us and he had just had the most blank like just, he went I, into I, shock I gave up yeah he, just he, he left shock. his body that's he when you're over the corner around. viewing yeah. the situation he was nowhere around around i was screaming back at the guys i don't fucking understand you don't i think we're just surfers no comprende yeah please don't fucking kill us and they didn't kill us. They just told us to get the fuck out of Mexico and never come back. And I've never been back since. That is so sad. Yeah. You need to get this 25 is years to get back on the horse thing because you got bucked off. No, not really. But they, they didn't even take your money. That's mm -mm. just sadistic. Screamed at us, threatened us, and then uh, made us leave, which that I was happy to do. Sad. Okay, that's a segue though. But yeah, you have story. fun. In, have fun in Mexico, Julia. <laughs> enjoy your time. Enjoy your new house down in Mexico with the banditos. <laughs> um, that story though reminds me. I've watched. I survived. Do you know this show? I don't know that show, but I know like I shouldn't be alive. Okay, those types of shows. Either either one. I survived is what you're saying. But the, I've never been, it literally intercuts with two or three different stories, and you're on cliffhangers the whole time. And I actually banned myself from watching it alone at <laughs> yeah. the house. Because, you know, there's some rape uh, potential, yeah, yeah. murdery situations. situations, and I can't, then I don't sleep. Do you watch Locked Up Abroad? No. Fucking A. Dustin, do you watch Locked Up Abroad? It is one of my favorite shows. I think it's on National Geographic or, you know, the Discovery Channel. from it's, far away? It's all stories, and it's done like documentary style where they interview a person. person tells the story, and then they uh, cut in with reenactments. But I think the reenactments are actually filmed in the locations. But okay. it's all people who tell stories about, like, yeah, I was broke, and I needed some money, and my friend told me if I went to Columbia and oh. brought back this suitcase... And then it's just nothing but stories of people getting busted and going to prison in like Turkey or uh, Colombia. And like it makes you not want to 
travel. Yeah, commit a crime. Definitely not. Why? Commit a you crime. can travel. Just keep it together. You know, stay on I the main travel. highways. No, just I don't, can't. you know, go off the beaten path. I'm an easy target. I'm too tall. Um, <laughs> that guy's tall. He's got to be smuggling. Oh, something. wait. Speaking of those, the life threatening. Thing. But anyway, that is very much like I survived the, yeah. those experiences. I don't know why. I think uh, I'm just um, uh, that. That okay. Um, <laughs> here's speaking of that. What the only time? Because you're not in that situation very often, where you are gonna hopefully never yeah. potentially lose your life. Can you survive? And then the will and what hap- What do you choose and what do you do to yeah. get through? Um. This, so I, this just reminds me when we, before we shot Natural Born Killers, we had to do a walkthrough of the prison because we shot that in one of the yeah. most violent prisons of the country. There's three at the time. That was one of them in, in St. Joliet, Illinois. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and so we do a tour. Now, mind you, you know, I learned these things. I'm, we're walking through. I'm the little wee girl of the clan, yep. so I started. And it's an active prison. Oh, it's it's so active that when we walked through, this is just tour. Like, hey, Oliver has a really he's a wild guy, but yeah. he also I don't know why why are we touring a prison? I don't know. I think it's oh research. That's right. It's Oliver's um, perverse um, yeah thing of let's research. So. And this is an environment you should know about. So we uh, we uh, so first of all we go in the um, the warden's office. Uh-huh. He shows us a box of homemade weapons, and he goes, "See Ugh. this this box? See this box? This is the other guy's homemade weapons." And it was like a little box with little shanks. And he goes, "This is our homemade weapons." In this prison, he was like showing us how horrible this prison is. And there were giant like machetes and homemade what? guns out of pens. Yeah. And we're like, okay, we get it. They make weapons and that's terrible. And then he says, uh, and then you have to read a thing. Don't wear, uh, wear loose fitting clothing. You know, if you're a female, I'm like, okay. <laughs> In case they try and grab at you, you can. Well, no, just to look. They're literally, you don't want to stimulate. Oh, they stimulate. don't want you looking attractive. Yeah, they don't want you to stimulate Ugh. like uh, these guys. So, but but then they made a joke. I was sitting there and um, Oliver or the warden, one of them looks at me and goes, oh, they're going to love you. And I said, why? Because my hair was short at the time. Yeah. Because oh, you look like a young boy. <laughs> And I'm like, wow, that's that's cool. That it's probably disturbing. Oliver. He has a great sense of humor like that. So we walk through, and we're literally like, hey, I'm a foot away. We're walking by people's cells, and the inmates are free because, um, and the the cop who's leading us in doesn't have a gun on them. They're not allowed to have guns inside, but you have guys in cages with shotguns up above. <laughs> If they do anything, but all I'm yeah. thinking is I'm the littlest thing. If someone's going to get kidnapped, it's me. And um, but so I was a foot away, and it's like hi. And we saw this guy. He draws clowns because you look in this cell. There was nothing but like clown paintings. Oh fuck, <laughs> man, that's like some Ted Bundy shit. It was. And then we get to this back, the most violent unit, and this guy says to me, he he goes, "Put your thumb in your mouth, girl." And I said, "What?" Because they had been playing Cape Fear the week before I get there. In the it's guys who have TVs. 
is the thumb scene. But the point uh. is, the point to that story is you just, you just, you just walk through, and I go into a giddy headspace. I'm like, ah! oh, okay. <laughs> not for, it's like the same when I got a tattoo. I'm not just in, an uncomfortable. I just when there's pain or something dark, I go into. I laugh. I don't know. I go mm -hmm. into some other. Thing yeah, that's irrational. My uh, my dad and mom both work at a maximum security prison. You're kidding. No, I'm my learning. dad's a doctor at a max. Or he just retired wow. a few years ago. But my dad was a doctor at a maximum security prison. And my mom worked in the like the office. She was a nurse, but she w just worked in the office doing clerical stuff. And um, yeah, the stories that my dad, like, because he would have to fix these guys up. Yeah, and they must and injure themselves, too, to try to get out. or the I remember the that. first, because... He didn't always. He worked at a regular hospital for a long time, but I remember when he started working at the prison. Like the one of the first fucking stories he told me was like one of the first guys that came in to the you know infirmary to see him was a guy who had tried smuggling a razor blade oh, no. out into the yard to kill somebody, but he tried smuggling it in his ass. No, he didn't. Yeah, no, he didn't. Did he bubble wrap it? I mean, he wrapped it. He wrapped it in toilet paper. Ah. Uh. Yeah. And then put it in his ass, and then the toilet paper dissolved. Melted. It melted. <laughs> and then just sliced up his fucking ass. I'm like, fuck, Dad, you gotta fucking get out of there. But they loved my father because he could, would fix them up, and I'm like, sure. like he was. My dad was the only person that the prison that the prisoners were like, yeah, you're good. Yeah, you fix us. You take care of us. Yeah. And uh, there one time. Uh, a, a guy came in, he was like a new prisoner, and he came into the infirmary and he was t complaining to my dad. He's like, yeah, my back hurts. I think I need Vicodin. Like, okay. he just wanted pills. Uh -huh. My dad was like, no, I'm not going to give you pills. And uh, so the guy got really pissed off and, like, threatened to kill my dad. He's like, I'll fucking kill. And the guards had to come in and, like, take him out. And then when the regular prisoners heard about this, uh -oh. they beat that guy <gasps> oh almost God. to death. That's oddly touching. So bad. That's yeah, so it is. Touching. So bad that he had to like go to a hospital outside. <laughs> he really needed for like Vicodin. weeks. And, <laughs> and then when he came back, the the fucking prisoners made him go in and apologize to my father. What? My dad was like the He's fucking the godfather. King. Wow. My dad loved that too. My dad thought it was awesome. He went to bed really touched. Like, that is so moving uh, what they did for me. He went in there, like, being the most, you know, kind of narrow-minded Republican. Yeah. And then you came out of there going, some of those guys are all right. Yeah. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what, does that mean they had uh, lodging where it's in the, no, like, they near the prison? No, in, in the town, no. oh, okay, like, outside of it. And, um, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm still, I'm never, like... <laughs> Like, gotten comfortable with the fact that they're... Like, my dad doesn't... My mom still works there. And I'm just like, God, get fucking retire already. I know. It really goes... I mean, we could get into a whole deeper discussion. Because, it, like, I just feel like it, um, people do bad things and, and can, are, you know, can mm -hmm. change and learn. And there's so many stories. I mean, pr I'm... 
I'm, but then there's my own judgment too. I'm just like, nah, really? You tortured and did A, B, and C. I don't, I don't want to know you. I don't yeah. even want you here taking up space. But well, Julia, we what? have someone here to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Big Hank, get in here. <laughs> this, this prisoner comes in and just tortured and beat someone. I'm gonna yeah. be your new friend, Juliet. But that's funny because you have, we have to live amongst uh, people, you know, that you may or may not care for and, and get along and all that good stuff. We're going to take a very quick break and uh, be right back. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is the commercial break where I say uh, if you're liking what you're listening to, go on to iTunes and uh, first of all, subscribe. Like us. Love us. Leave us a review. Um, I don't even care if you leave me a shitty review. I don't care. Uh, (laughs) And yeah, please give us a good review because I'm obviously dying of something. It's worked its way into my lungs. (laughs) So yeah, uh, that would help out a lot. And um, yeah, enjoy the rest of the show. And we're back with my good friend, Julian <laughs> Lennon. <laughs> oh, Lewis. Julian, Juliet Lewis. This is close. What's your favorite uh, color? Oh, come on. <laughs> it changes. Here's my problem, Steve. Yeah. And I don't, we don't need to. Well, I guess, what am I going to talk about? My, my problems there? I, you can talk about your problems. I switch. I'm a contradiction. Aren't we all, right? Sure. But could I commit? The point is the color. That simple question. That's I don't have one. That's got to be the hardest one. question, I think. It depends on hardest? my mood. Everything depends on how I'm feeling that day or that hour. You know what I think that my hour. favorite color? And it kind of disturbs me that I think this gray Wow. Is that weird? That's a weird answer, right? Yeah. Not even black or just like gray. gray. Actually, I love the color gray. But when you said that, I have some like soft gray outfits <laughs> that are really, they're really pretty. So I know. Can I borrow one? I understand. <laughs> it's a soft gray. Speaking like of hard gray. Uh, yeah. Just, like just a, a sharp slate gray. In your face gray. Okay. <laughs> I like, yeah. I grew up with a mom who, um, she went to art school and and there's something, this color wheel, but then somewhere you learn you're a summer or you're a winter or you're a spring. Yeah. And she was obsessed with her color palette and then she enforced (laughs) it on us kids. But I was eight. I was eight years old and she, I remember the day I learned to ditch school, like, just don't go. I learned this and I yeah. like, bye, I'm walking to school and yeah. then ditched oh, in second grade. Your life. Yeah, but you turn into a criminal because I was like on the run and like in the Did law. you ever get arrested? Uh, Is there a mugshot of Juliet Lewis out there somewhere? Yeah. What yes, did you get arrested Steve. for? Dude, that story was boring. Okay, whatever. No, no. I, I, the point is she had put me in a forest <laughs> green, a forest green outfit. It was like really into green. Okay, arrests. <laughs> yeah. You want to know about arrests? We can Steve? talk about my run-ins with the law too. Um, here we don't have to if you don't want to. By the way, I have no. I've talked about it before. I don't care. Here's the thing. 
You're not going to find it online because I was a juvenile. They Do you don't have it? Do you have a copy of it? Mugshots. Who am I? Um, yes. Here's what happened. I want to see it. Can I see I it? I have a mug. Oh, it's a funny story. Do I go into it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Because even how I got the mugshot, I got it from the cop because I've made friends with him. And I was like, first of all, this, fan? this cop. No, this is before my acting days. Uh well, I mean, like, I must have done some little stuff. I moved out really early. You know, I lived on my own. I, my parents are progressive bohemian. Whatever. They'd probably hate that I use the word bohemian. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I was, like, working when I was young. So I was living in a, in a grown-up world, but still a kid. I was 15. I wanted to go out dancing. Like, you had your own apartment at 15. Yes. Fuck, that's that a, my dad Were you emancipated? Yes. That- and this the technical is, term? it is, but here's the thing. I, my parents helped me get emancipated because you just means you'd get hired more. Yeah. And so what's so annoying about the media and even on Wikipedia, I can't get it changed. I can't even change my own facts to be true <laughs> on Wikipedia, but they, uh, they don't, the, it's different if you get emancipated with the help of your parents. I'm not trying to, uh, it's not because of my, I have a problem. The stigma people think are like. Is it divorcing like, your parents? Oh, it's, it was ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because that's, I guess, what it was. But this was like the child labor laws, so you can just work normal hours. Yeah. Okay, what are we talking about? You had your own place at 15 I, and you I got arrested. Yeah, I, I live with my best friend. I was 15. I I wanted to go out dancing. I was bored. Um, it's so boring, like, how I got arrested. So we go out dancing, some club in Hollywood, you know, like, woohoo, this is fun, nightlife, what's going on here? We, the, the, the cop come in literally like, this is a raid, you know, oh. like that intense in the dance floor, the music stops. And apparently the club I was in did not have its liquor license. So it's really the club's fault. But yeah. the cop said, anybody who's under the age of 18, raise your hand and we'll raise let you, yeah, raise your hand and we'll let you go. They lied. Raise your hand. We'll let you go. We raise our hand. I'm with my drunk friend who <laughs> I did not hang out with after this yeah. event because she was really annoying. Um, so we go in the alley. We're handcuffed. The cop starts lecturing us. Drunk friend's like, and I'm like, would you shut up? Because she's just <laughs> egging him on to get yeah. lectured by authority yeah. cop. Um, he puts us in the cop car. Like, why are you bored? Why are you going to take two teenagers and arrest them? <laughs> and I think he was bored. Um, so the whole time I was sitting in the back seat to the cop, I'm like, do you know, I live on my own and I pay rent. You know, this is me. And I'm like, <laughs> just as being a smart ass. Yeah. And I said to him, I go, uh, when we're at the place, it's like, oh, shit, we're going to get our pictures taken, like, for a month. We're going to get our picture taken. And I said. <laughs> we're going to get our <laughs> picture taken. <laughs> Smile. <laughs> well, no, I'm thinking yeah, we're going to get this event get documented. Because yeah. this is an event. It's official. Again, me, dramatic child, like, wow, what a scene. So I <laughs> say to him. I go, hey, uh, do you think I could get a copy of my mugshot? Because that would make good artwork. That's amazing. That's me. That's amazing. I said this. I said that would make really great artwork for my apartment. Can I get a copy of my mugshot? 
So then my poor dad comes at 5 a.m. And he, the cop, as we're leaving, hands me, my dad and me, the mugshot with a little wink. And then my dad got it blown up. Awesome. You know, like fa- like fa- daughter, like father. He got it blown up. <laughs> He's proud. You know what am I saying? Yeah, yeah. Because it, and then it was a piece of artwork. And then this this is such a long fucking story. No, is this is asleep? a great story. I want to see that. Okay, then shot, well, way. it's in my living room. But now <laughs> here's the thing: is it's got silk screen and it's pink because this guy named Russell Young in New York mm-hmm. was doing a mugshot. It was silk screening famous people's mugshots. Yeah. And so he did mine, and, and it's huge, and it's, it's awesome. It's like a Warhol style. Yeah. Like, oh, I gotta see that exactly. So it's in my living room. You you should, why don't you make that your profile photo on Twitter? Well, I actually was. I was going to make it my first EP in the album yes. cover, oh and I God. fucking should have. Well, it's not too late. I know. Well, it's I might too late do, to make it your first album cover. It but. might be the next one. I'm, and I did. It was my first. It was actually my first T-shirt. Somewhere, people, somebody out there has my mugshot on a T-shirt. I, I really want to see that. Yeah, it's. It, what's hilarious about it is. I had my hair up and I took it down like, oh, I'm getting my picture taken. And I did it. <laughs> I, I did, such I, a girl. Such a girl. I didn't <laughs> smile. I wanted to, but the, I thought the girl would shut me up. I would like quit smiling because she was pretty scary. <laughs> but So I had this like Mona Lisa mischievous smile yeah. and my hair is down, but it looks ratty. So I literally cool. look like some street urchin. <laughs> Um, That's drug awesome. addicts and it's hilarious and I was I was just trying to dance I love that you had the the awareness to ask for the mugshot because I think most people are either like too drunk or they're terrified yeah. to even be like hey by the way can I get a That's cup? the thing is I was I, I wasn't drunk and because of my two very funny parents I never had this this over I don't know this you huge reverence of. of authority. No, in fact, I have like that uh, uh, a healthy defiance. Yeah, and I was like, I'm not doing anything wrong. I think it'd be different if I thought I was doing something. You were wrong. only guilty of wanting to go dancing. Yeah, of being in footloose. I was always afraid of you know. I never got arrested, but I came close many times. You know, getting busted, buying pot, or I got stopped a few times driving drunk, and the cops didn't arrest me. They're like. <laughs> They're like, you're 17. This is going to be a lot of paperwork. So just get, yeah, get home. Normally, what I'm they like, do. fuck, man. Paperwork. Really? You're going to let me fucking drive home and I am obliterated oh my God. 17 in a Trans Am? <laughs> like, that's crazy. But I was always afraid. I was like, my dad will skin me alive yeah. if he finds out. Yeah. They won't be cool. Yeah, I had parents that I, if you look at my, like, God love them, but they were a little bit too lenient. Yeah. That's why you have this little cracker pants sitting here. Uh, cracker pants. <laughs> the name of your next album should be cracker, cracker pants, pants and your mugshot. Little Cracker Jacks. Little Cracker That's Jacks. That's why I, I probably could have used a little more discipline as a child, I think. I don't know. What no, am I that, I think it's better, though. How I was raised then, if you have too much. But it's cool you have a completely dreams. open relationship. I'm at a point yeah. now where I'll, if I'm visiting my parents, I will, because they can't do anything to me now, because yeah. I'm grown up, I will now, I confess shit that I did. And they're just like sitting there with their mouths open <laughs> going, you, you 
took our Mercedes and yes. puked in it twice. <laughs> like, yep. And I'm like, I'm surprised you guys didn't know. Because I figured they they knew. I mean, they found out eventually and sent me to military school, obviously. Because I cut the roof off of the shop teacher's car with a welding torch. What? Yeah. God, you were a rebel, Steve. And I only did that because I thought it would be funny. I wanted wow. to tell my friends, like, I went into the shop class and... There was his car in the middle of the room, and the windows were out because he used it for the the kids in shop to practice on his car. And the yeah, windshields were out, so it was literally just four cuts on the four corners of the roof, and it was off. <laughs> so that they'd be like, who's the guy that um, just cut the roof off that yeah, car? Yeah, square old man in his topless you know, Cadillac. See, that's another level. That's the silent damager. I yeah. just made that up. I don't know. That's, that's another name for your next album, The Silent Damager. We both share that in common of like the stealing cars. Because I would, I would take my my dad's car in the middle of the night and like drive to Hollywood. Where did, where, did you grow up in the valley? Yeah, exactly. In Tarzana. Oh. Tarzana, kid. I don't know what I'm saying. Um <laughs> 818 till I die. Yeah, well, that's Brody. We yeah. we forever are bonded because he's always shouting out Reseda. And yeah. I like hung out with dudes in Reseda. I like Tarzana. Yeah, it's all right. It's a weird world because like we had a ranch. We kind of had a ranch house with chickens and horses. So really? Yeah, you wouldn't think of that, but you can have that in the valley, that kind of life. I'm horribly allergic to horses. Okay. Like more than like... <laughs> I have allergies to cats, but not all cats. I can't get near a horse. Wow. Like, it's horrible. And mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter because they scare the shit out of yeah. me anyway. I remember when I was six years old, my parents took me and my sister to go horseback riding. I'd never been on a horse before. And so they put me up on this horse. And as soon as I get on the horse, the fucking horse just ran. Yes! It just fucking oh. ran and i was six i didn't know how to no. stop it i was just screaming and crying and this horse just ran down a dirt road for like three miles with people running after me how did you ever stop that you it usually just fall off it eventually just stopped on its own and just started eating wow. grass and you're like Bleh. i was like fuck that i'm fucking never and that was the last time i think i was on a horse yeah it's, it's weird because I had to ride a horse for this movie, a weird movie nobody saw um, with a French crew. Vincent Cassell was in it, Michael Madison. Hey, little cracker pants. What? Cracker pants. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Now I, oh, jeez. Now I said that. No, what's this? What was it? Uh, so this movie, I forgot. It was like a Western. I forgot what they ended up calling it. But I had to ride horses, and this was just like ten years ago. And I, when I was a kid, I rode horses when I was eleven. I'd ride bareback, and we'd set up jumps, yeah. and I was like fearless about it. We all were. <laughs> and then I had to ride. It's just weird that I had fear. Now I, in, in, that you develop later, I don't want to get on a horse. They that's also, shit. I mean, not because of horses. That's also. You're more aware of, of, your, own, of your mortality. Yeah, and that's it. I remember the moment that happened for me. Because, no. like, I grew up rock climbing. And, like, and when you're a kid, you'll climb a tree. Yeah. Like, with no fear at all. And I remember when I was in high school, when I was at military school, 
the I remember the moment it all changed. That's when I started having panic attacks and yeah. everything. And I became aware that, oh my God, this is all just temporary. I saw two of my friends wrestling and they fell on the ground and one of them cracked his head open on a brick no. cinder block. Oh my God. Like cracked <gasps> open. Like you could see every, and there was just on a lime green tile floor, just a pool of blood. And I was like, fuck. And it, and it wasn't until like half an hour later that I was at dinner eating and like all of a sudden I couldn't swallow my oh, food and I was like shit. having a really bad panic attack. That's the moment it all started for me. I was like, reality. oh, and then I'm like a fucking afraid of everything. Yeah, now. that can lead to that. <laughs> yeah. What happened to the friend? Did he, he grew a second head. No, he was fine. Weird. He went and got stitches. <gasps> and He did? Yeah. Oh. He was fine. I'm the one who suffered yeah, for you. his accident. Oh, my God. This, oh, that reminds me again <laughs> of I Survived, the show. It's embedded in my mind now. This girl. Are you a producer on that show? No. Why are you mentioning that show They don't so even know because you remind me. <laughs> but of how it affects the other person. This girl, they were driving along like rough terrain and a branch uh, a tree branch fell and impaled it. it oh. The girl, it like um, smashed through the window and jabbed her right next to her jugular and it's sticking out oh, the other side. Jesus. And they just stop right. and they crash. And so the the boyfriend, the way she's describing the story is that the boyfriend slowly becomes a total useless idiot that she has to talk into, not just drive. We're going to, we have to drive yeah, through yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he couldn't, uh, they go to a station oh, and the lady's fuck. like, uh, he's having trouble breathing right now. He's inside. We can't, so we can't really rely on him. I'm going to try and get an air a helicopter. Oh. But like, he was just down for the count and she's sitting there with a, a branch tree in her neck for hours. I had, uh, I had one of those moments where when I was rock climbing, one of the last times I ever rocks climbed, I was climbing by myself. I hiked like out in the middle of nowhere. You're crazy. 127 hours type shit where I'm, and I'm just climbing a rock that I'd climbed a hundred times before. And I slipped and fell like 25, 30 feet, like broke a couple ribs. Uh, oh my God. Dislocated. I'm all this shit about you. Dislocated and tore my rotator cuff. Like I could barely breathe because my ribs were like poking into my lungs and I was like in really bad shape. But, and then I had to hike by myself, like three miles back to my car, which was a stick shift, which I then had to drive with a no, dislocated. This is, these dislocated are the stories shoulder. I'm watching and you live them. drenched in sweat. That was the fucking worst. But you got yourself back. And yeah. It's one of those. Things? Yeah. The shit your, your body will put I up with to survive. you. You're my hero right now because my, my, the things I've endured are usually psychological. <laughs> I have had plenty of psychological, yeah. They're not, well, some physical danger, but not like that. That's pretty impressive. Well, we should go rock climbing sometime. Great. <laughs> I've actually been thinking about getting back into it again. It's such good exercise. I think you should. Such good, good exercise. things to do. Yeah. You just do them with, you know, you don't go alone. Yeah. You, you leave a note for a friend yeah. where you're going to be. You sure. Know, little precautions. 
Let's do a couple questions. Okay, I, I, yeah, because I tweeted for people to ask questions. Oh yeah, right? we gotta do. We'll this. do like a rapid fire. Here's what. Can I give a message to the people? Or of we're course. not closing out right now. Not yet. I don't even know the lingo. Closing time. Closing out. Okay. The closing time. Tom waits. Is things on the internet are annoying. <laughs> are you calling my podcast? No, oh, no, not this. <laughs> I meant facts. Because I was yeah. going to say you might do a little thing. Even IMDB, it's like, no, this, this is not happening. This is Wikipedia. But nobody, maybe no one cares. Yeah. They're just listening to myself now. Hopefully. I don't know. What did I say? Can we just edit what I just said? That was weird. No. Yeah, we'll do something with that. I don't you um, do whatever you want. You can put just me asking the editor. I don't care. Oh, here's one from Eric O'Connor. What's it like talking with Steve Agee? <laughs> do we say his name Eric O'Connor? We can. Well, what's his at? We got to give him uh, know, it, a shout it, out. Uh, or you just said it. Oh, you're on the mic. Brew bom- at Brew Bombers. At Brew Bombers had a question. What this has been an amazing experience talking to Steve. I've learned time. so many things. I learned he stole cars. He survived. I didn't steal them. I chopped them up. No, but oh, this Trans Am. Oh, we really learned that you rode a Trans Am. I mean, when you were I did seventeen, have a tra- Trans Am. That's yeah. ridiculous. But my first car was uh, an El Camino. Okay, which what? was awesome, badass El Camino. All I, I need to ask with that: Did you ever blast? Kiss or Van Halen running Van Halen running with the devil. Sure, Did you sure. blast that? Of course. Oh my God! Who are you? I was never a huge Kiss fan. I grew to like Kiss later in life, but like it just goes Van with Halen, the car. Van Halen, absolutely. Yes. And my friend Doug, my friend Doug Sampson, who I haven't seen since high school. I don't know what he's doing these days. He had. You know how people can take a Volkswagen bug and make it into an off-road, like the, a Baja yes. bug, they call them? Yes. With, like, suspension and yes. the engine on the outside. My friend Doug Sampson had the shittiest old Baja bug, <laughs> and he took duct tape and made the Van Halen, you know, logo, the VH, on both doors of his car. He was God fucking love him. Doug Sampson was awesome. Okay. So yeah, um, so we learned that. I learned your parents work uh, uh, in the in a prison, and yeah. and that you uh, were held at gunpoint in Mexico. Mexico. I mean, I have a lot of respect for this man, what, Eric, uh, Eric Bombers. Bomber, brew bomber, brew bomber. What was what was your first car that you owned, not stole? No, yes, that <laughs> I bought. It was a used car. It was a Toyota Celica. And was it? All I know is my only criteria. I'm not. A, I don't know much. I'm not a car person. Was that the lights go? Vroom. Oh yeah, I they call come them out vroom of the lights. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I want lights. They come vroom. out of the hood. And that was my. I was did they ever? Because I had a car that did that too. Did they ever break while they would open? <laughs> Mine did not break. But anyway, that was my first car. I crashed it. We'll yeah. do some really quick fire, the type of shit you probably get answered yeah, on, yeah, yeah. asked on a lot of junkets. But what's the, your favorite movie that you've ever been in? Um, see three pop up, but I'll, for emotional, mind blowing experience was, uh, you know, uh, challenged in the, and everyone involved 
um, was the Gary Marshall directed The Other Sister. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. And not a lot I love of people- Gary Marshall. I met him doing Sarah's show. He guest starred on an episode. Yeah. So you see what a beautiful He's man he is. awesome. Um, he, and, and the set, it was just one of these roles I didn't know I could do. I didn't know if I would pull it off mm. and it was really challenging. So, so that was intense and it was after a break I took after I like quit drugs when I was 22. So mm. I like took two years off. And so it was like a big challenging thing. So, um, and then the other, but then I had to say three, uh, natural born killers in Cape fear. Yeah. Yeah. For many different reasons, because I think those three movies are the ones that shaped me, my ability the most, like where I had the most growth or, um, I don't know. Yeah. Oliver Stone, Martin Scorsese, or Gary Marshall, Marshall, which is your favorite, who is the most, who is the, uh, Scorsese, I had, because that's a first for me that to me, I consider him my first teacher. I I look at a lot of my directors as my teachers because I'm not formally trained. And he was the first director that gave me confidence in my instincts. Yeah. And he, he handled me with like a light touch. He didn't. In, Did he invade. let you improvise? Yeah. You I mean, are- no, 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 no. We actually, it was all well written. Uh, really, uh, we improvised like two lines on uh, this big scene with De Niro, but no, it was in the not auditorium. Improvised. Yeah. Yeesh. It was <laughs> not, it was, it was planned. The thing is, he just gave me so much confidence and made me go, oh, like quit second guessing yourself. You got, you know go what you're it. doing. He said to me, he gave me one of the biggest compliments I've ever had. He said, uh, when we were doing that scene with De Niro in the auditorium, he, I come back. Cause he didn't also talk to me a lot. He just left me alone, which was that in and of itself. Scorsese did or? Yeah. Scorsese did. And that in and of itself, cause he was like, she doesn't need a lot of hand holding. She's doing a good job. So that helps you grow. But I'd come to him every now and then and be like, Hey, so you want me to do anything different? How's it going? And he goes, He's really excited, and he's like, "I don't know who who to cut to. Ugh. I don't know who to cut to. I don't know." I'm like, "I don't know who to cut to." He's so Meaning excited. I, he goes, "I might do split screen. I might do split screen. I'm thinking about doing this split screen. Me and De Niro, because he didn't know who he wanted to watch more." And I'm like, "Okay." He seems so. He seems like one of those directors that's so just excited. He's lit about up to be working. Just- because he loves movies and to be around somebody that passionate, it makes you more passionate from seven in the morning till at night. He never his energy never wavered and in his enthusiasm for what he was doing that day. So I've never worked with anybody like him. He's what about De Niro? How is he? He intense. <laughs> OK, De Niro. taught. Well, this this that was a big movie for me because De Niro taught me about professionalism. And what I mean by that is I think that was a big movie for everyone yeah. involved. Ah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, he no. What was awesome about him is you don't you know, contrary to urban legend, he doesn't bring his process to the set, like his baggage to the set. I don't know what he's doing to prepare. He just, when he shows up, he shows up on time. He's in it. He's focused. And you, you don't know about the, the other stuff. I would learn from Marty, from Scorsese. He'd go, he'd go, oh, I just came for Bob's trailer. He's speaking in tongues with a gospel singer in his <laughs> trailer in, with a piano, with an organ. And yeah. I'm like, I didn't know that's what he was doing to prepare. Yeah. Um, but he Holy was, he, you know, he's a man of few words and he's, he's just in the zone. And once you step on that, 
in that space with him, you're you're locked in, and you better you better bring it. It was amazing to work with him. So yeah. jealous. I want to do that again. I don't Good know. for you. Um, and this is from Tiago Brain. They're from uh, South America. Are you coming to Argentina soon? Do you have a, a, a other question? Do you have any albums coming out soon? Or are you going to tour? I'm going to release a record next year um, by the summer. And I will definitely tour South America. I've not been to enough. Uh, actually, I played like a handful of shows over there. So I, my intention, I, I just want to cover the globe. It's yeah. just a big passion for me. And I'll definitely release more music. And I'm so excited because the, the new music is super you fun. You played me a couple songs in your car that you were working it's on it's super really fun good. and contagious but lyric oriented like i just you know i have a few things i want to say who's your who are some <laughs> of your favorite musicians um see that's so hard because i'm influentially what influentially like you your songs have a very glam feel you know well, like a, yeah i don't know it's it's usually because i switch gears all the time so it's like who i'm listening to now like my younger brother turned me a lot on to a lot of weird Music. So I was listening to the Hot Snakes. Is mm. a punk band. Do you know them? No, oh. I'm really out of touch with. Yeah, music. no, it's some old. I'm the type of person that like I really listen over and over this to shit the shit that I things. already have. That's what I do too. So what did I put on? I was cleaning my house. I put on a missing persons record. Mm. I have vinyl. Yoo-hoo. Nothing. Better. Vinyl. So I don't, I can't tell you my influence. It changes every record. Okay, I've been listening to um, Tones on Tail because they have weird do you, beats when and you, noise. Uh, Baja. Your, your past recordings, do you also press on vinyl? Yes, all of them have records. Uh, yeah, vinyl and this this one. It'll be interesting. It's a weird time. It's like right now you're you release digital. I don't even for five bucks. I don't even know if people. How do you fucking make, make money in the music touring, right? You, it's through touring and telling, selling T-shirts. And I have no idea. I just know all I care about is supporting my tour, pay, you know, paying my musicians and being able to make another record. So, And I have a good management team now who, I don't know, maybe they'll figure it out. It was so weird. I, when I was coming back from Joshua Tree, I stopped at a Best Buy and... Uh, I think I needed a phone charger and I was like, fuck, I want to get some new music. And I went over to, you know, they have the big overhead sign where it says DVDs or music. And I go over the music section and literally the rock section, <laughs> rock and blues is one no, fucking rack of, yeah. you know, one side of a rack, you know, raps on the other side yeah. and then countries on another. It was so fucking small. I was like, I guess. If you want something, you just got to find it on, uh, Online. on MP3. That just painted the most depressing picture just now, like the dinosaur era, like the last relics yeah. of what was. But thank God for places like Amoeba you yeah. know, or Atomic Records, who I love yeah. dearly. That's Atomic Records probably my favorite record store for like, they, they only sell like used records, like vintage stuff. They're fucking awesome. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I can't believe I'm going to be starting to phase out CDs. Like, I still travel with a CD player. <laughs> like a Walkman? Yeah. Like a Discman? 
Well, this one. Shit. But I am realizing, like, the technology thing is starting to seep in my head because I downloaded songs for the first time, like, yeah. some months ago on my phone. Yeah. That's a revelation. That's I mean, weird, too, because usually I would buy them on, like, iTunes on my computer and yeah. then sync it up. Now I'm, I am just started, like, going, oh, I can do it on, on my your phone. phone. That's... It's amazing. Um, But what would we say? Yeah, the the... Touring. Oh, and what's interesting now is I now I'm being hired as a singer. Uh, uh, I guess it's called a feature when you sort of do a, a bit on somebody play else's, on someone else's album. Yeah, and yeah. so like you know, because I have a healthy uh, I don't know little thing going in in the UK and other places in Europe, and I just worked with this artist named DJ Fresh, and that was a trip because in that that's like I worked with the Prodigy when I first came out. Really? Eight, yeah, eight Shit, years ago they invited awesome. me on, and that kind of collaboration is so exciting for me because it's a different genre. It's electronic music, and it's all beat driven and and hooks. It's just different way to songwrite. It's mm -hmm. a different way to songwrite, and so I I like that too. So I did that. That'll come out. So it's DJ Fresh. We did some trippy song. Fire and Water, it's called. I think it'll be on his record later this year. Yeah, the stuff that you played me in we the car. To, we went to a show at the Echo, yeah, a comedy show, mm -hmm. Eddie Pepitone show, yeah. And you played me some stuff, and it was very different. It had like some elect. There's a lot of electric elements to it, like yeah, drum, percussive Beats, stuff, yeah, yeah, and a little synth in there, but it's still rock and roll. Was it still, still rock, rock and, roll? and roll to me? It sounded, fucking, it sounded really good. And there was one song, there was one song especially that I was like, fuck, I wish I had an MP3 of this right now because I Yay! listened to it a bunch. I think that was Queen and Generation Nothing. That's my three minute life story. Yeah, a lot of these questions are when she coming to South Africa, when she coming to South Yay! America. I know uh, I haven't been to South Africa yet. There's a festival there. There's all these places I want to go. I haven't, I've been to Greece. See, I've been so many places, but here's the thing. I want to go all again. Brazil. I got a, a nice, um, cute little, uh, fan group in Brazil that yeah. I, I like a lot. Run by never this been to girl Brazil named Brazil is Julia. really one place I would like to go. Yeah. It's pretty magical. To me, half the time, what makes a place is the people. And Brazil, that life energy over yeah. there. I played a festival that made me cry because it was so. What beautiful. was the festival? Was it that uh, Rock and Rio? Yeah, Rock and Rio. There's two of them. You go, you play San Paulo and you play Rio. And it was, this is the lineup The Killers, Bjork, me, and then uh, a South American band. Um, and uh, it was. It was so amazing for me, Steve, this story I just have to tell you real quick is because when I first started, nobody like booking agents or people, they, they didn't want to book me because they thought I would get a movie job and just quit and leave the tour. <laughs> so yeah. like, and yeah. same with trying to get music management. They're like, are you really serious? The whole question for five years is, are you really serious? Yeah. So now four records later and touring the world, I'm like, yeah, I'm really serious. Yeah. But in the beginning, all I had is me, me talking about it. And I said, no, you don't under understand. I, I, I really I wanna want to do this. I want to do this. Yeah. I want to go all the way to Brazil. And I just, Brazil, <laughs> I pulled it out of the, the sky. Because to me, it was the furthest away. I've never been. Yeah. Four years later, with my band, The Licks, I was playing on that stage in Brazil with Bjork That's and the Killers. That's a big-ass festival, too. And it was 
50,000 people was my biggest audience. And I told that story to them with this whole, like, it's before this one song. Um, You're vamping and telling yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, I was right. vamping. <laughs> yeah, I and they, like, cheered and I cried and it was, like, goosebumps. It was amazing. That's yeah. awesome. All right. Um, What's another question? Uh, please, add, this is from... Miss Goobs. Not doing any pervert questions. Miss Goobs. You know, there's a couple of those, and I deleted those people and blocked them. But uh, Miss Goobs uh, asked Juliet if she will come over to my house for lasagna dinner. LOLs and high fives, maybe some old school Nintendo. (laughs) So I'm assuming that's a yes. She sounds totally like a friend of yours. No, I don't know Miss Goobs. (laughs) Miss Goobs. I need to set you and Steve up. There's a picture of Miss Goobs. So cute. Okay, well, listen, lasagna. I hate to tell you, I'm doing this cleanse right now. Uh, I can't do it. Fucking a. <laughs> um, High fives. It's a lot of these. All right. So, I mean, what we've gone we've, a while. Yeah, we'll wrap it up. But if anyone, if I didn't get to any questions, which there are They're actually a lot so of questions, they can ask you on Twitter because you're one of the few people I know that actually response to people. every once in a while i do i mean yeah i know i haven't enough karmically what we're saying hit, goodbye. hit what? juliet up on uh, no you can keep going oh, i'm yeah. just saying if they want to ask you it's at juliet is it at juliet lewis yeah. or is it one of those <laughs> at you real did, juliet no you confused me by your confusion hit what if you want to ask me stuff i'll do or a follow Q&A. her oh yeah follow no, that's what i mean for a good time it's at, at Julie- Juliet Lewis. Yeah, it's right. so simple. No, but I, I, I own my own name. I know oh, some people are like amazing at thing. Juliet underscore Lewis, yeah. or, but you're the real deal. Thank and uh, are you have any work coming up that I, I know have, you had it. You just got a gig that you're really I got excited an amazing about. Amazing job. Are you allowed to talk about it? Sort of. <laughs> when does this air? Are we live? The week of the tw- like August 10 days ish. Yes, I can tell you about it. I have uh, a job that I am haven't been this excited in I don't know how yeah. long. Um, it's called uh, August Osage County. I'm sure I'm saying Osage, Osage wrong, but August Osage County. It's from a play that Tracy Letts wrote. It's amazing. It stars Meryl Streep, Julia Roberts, myself. They're still casting it. it oh, is, so I can get in on it. There you go. <laughs> cool. I just auditioned you're for the part so of Stoner cute. on CSI really this morning. Did? Yeah. Oh, but anyway, tell us more about it. All right. So the <laughs> you're starring with Meryl Streep. Yeah. I'm playing Stoner. <laughs> and you're like, all right, I'm going to get in on that. All right. Well, that's it's a uh, it, it's an amazing part. It's a family drama. It's to me it reminds me of like a Tennessee Williams play. It's cool. So intense. I love characters, and this is a girl that's to- she just talks incessantly. Yeah. You know, much like this. Just kidding. <laughs> she lives in denu- uh, delusion and denial. You know, I relate yeah. to that. Yeah, kind of stuff. So. That is you. Not really. No. Um, I can't wait. I'm going to shoot that in uh, September till November. And in then, LA? No, in a little town in Oklahoma. 
Cool. And then I'll be back making my record and then have it all come out next year. Yeah. Make it happen. That's great. Good for you. Thank you. And thank you for doing this. It really means a lot that you were my first guest. All right. Well, I hope it went well. No, I, I'm glad you asked me. Yeah. And maybe we'll do it next time. And next time we won't talk about we'll, my career. We'll, we'll talk, talk about, about uh, you know. More camping trips. Yeah, we'll talk or, about cars and camping. Forming our own bandito gang. Yeah. Retaliation, we'll get some bandoliers man. and guns and we'll go to Mexico and we'll find those fuckers that threaten Got me. you. 20 something years later, they're getting it. Yeah. Thanks, follow, Steve. yeah, follow Juliet at Juliet Lewis. I'm at Steve A.G. And uh, thanks for listening. Yoo-hoo. Feralio.com is an artist-friendly podcast collective hosted by castmates.fm. Host your own podcast at castmates.fm today. All of our artists reserve the rights to their materials. Your donations directly support your favorite artists, help pay for their show's production, and keep your favorite shows free. Visit fairlaudio.com for other original shows and learn about our community of artists that help make this collective possible. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This outro features the music of the fancy. We are the fancy.net.